Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. Teamwork makes the dream work. Amen? Amen. Just real quickly before we, uh, we're going to wrap up our little three-part series that we've been talking about, Being Shaped to Serve. Before we do get into that this morning, I want to just take a moment to continue to ring the bell about what's going on between Israel and Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and Islamic Jihad and all of the Middle East. And the reason I want to keep calling attention to this is because of how incredibly upside down the world is on this issue. Um, Don't worry, moms and dads, I'm not going to say anything too graphic right now. (laughs) But the the world's incredibly upside down on this issue. We we keep seeing a rise in open anti-Semitism. It's just out there in the open. And I go, is this the 1930s Germany are we living in, in our, even in our own nation? Because we're seeing it all over the world. We're seeing it in all the major cities around the world. We're seeing it in our own country, on our own streets, in our own universities, and even in our own government. If you haven't heard the two messages that I preached on this issue um, back in October, we're going to put this QR code up here on the screen. We, we put this up here last week, uh, but if you, would, if, you, if you haven't heard these messages uh, or if you want to le- listen to them again or if you want to send them to somebody, you can just scan that QR code. Um, the, the messages are called, What in the World is Going On? I want to encourage you, do not put your head in the sand right now uh, and, and just pretend like this isn't going on. It is going on. Educate yourself. And the education that you need to get is it might not be on Facebook. And it might not be on TikTok and Instagram and X. Educate yourself with trusted resources. Again, those are not always the best places for trusted resources. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you exercise great discernment. I want to encourage you to not be afraid to talk about this. Talk about it in your home. Talk about it with friends. Appropriately talk about it with your children because they may hear about it. They may hear about what's going on. They need to hear from you, mom and dad. and They need to have a biblical worldview. They don't need to be brainwashed by default to the world's worldview. They need to know where the body of Christ and what the Bible says about all this stuff. Amen? What we're seeing is manifesting as these demonic powers. They're influencing people to call things that are evil, they're calling them good. Isaiah says this. Isaiah says that, that woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness 
for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's Isaiah 5.20. We see people doing this right now in our culture. We see people uh, calling evil things good, and they're calling good things evil. We see people calling unholy things holy. We're, we, we see people calling wicked things wonderful. Uh, Paul writes about this to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter, one, uh, chapter 3. And, and so the question is, is how are we supposed to respond as believers, as the people of God? Well, we, the people of God, must be bold and we must be courageous to confront evil. Why? Because evil will never regulate itself. That's not how evil works. Evil will never stop on its own. Evil will never back down on its own. It must be confronted. It must be challenged. It must be opposed. The scriptures tell us that we have authority to do it. Romans chapter 12 verse 21 says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us to put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand in the evil days. God's word tells us over and over and over again to stand up against evil. It's time for us, and I'll say especially it's time for the men of the church. It's time for all of us, but I'm going to give this special charge to the men. It's time for us to stand up and act with courage, not cowardice. It's time to exercise discernment so that there'll be less deception. It's time to rise up against a godless culture and not bow down to it. Amen? It's time to work. It's not time to whine. It's time to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. So, scan the QR code. <laughs> Let's be prepared to stand against evil. Amen? All right. So we've been talking about being shaped to serve. Praise God. And we're shaped to serve what? Being shaped to serve in the image of Christ, in his example. So I'm going to ask you to please stand with me this morning. We're going to honor God's word. Boys and girls, if you've um, never been in here on a strong family Sunday, I want to explain to you what we do this for. We always uh, pretty typically read the opening passage uh, to the message by standing up because we are honoring the word of God, because this is the highest authority in our life. We are a people who want to have our entire lives to be shaped by God's word and then be led by the Holy Spirit. And so we honor the reading of God's word. And so here's what we do. We read it, and then at the end of the reading, I say, this is the word of the Lord, right? To recognize this is God's word. And then everybody else in here responds. Mom, right. Moms and dads, say it again. Right. So boys and girls, can I hear you say thanks be to God? Right. So we're all going to say that. We're going to read through this passage. We're going to, I'm going to say, this is the word of the Lord. And you're going to say? Right. And the reason that we do that is because we are intentionally working our muscles of honor of the, of the word of God and thanksgiving for God's word. Amen? So we're going to do this. Mark chapter 10, verse 43 through 45. I'm going to invite you to read it out loud with me today. 
ready. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of the Lord. All right, you can be seated, and as you are, give somebody another high five. Can anybody in here, boys and girls, can any of you boys and girls tell me who it's talking about in that scripture when it says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served? Jesus, that's right. The Son of Man is a title that Daniel, we first got from the book of Daniel. Daniel had a, a vision, and he's describing Jesus, and he calls him the Son of Man. And then Jesus then refers back to himself prophetically to remind the people of God, to just as a hint, hey, I'm the one that Daniel was speaking about hundreds of years before me. So last week we talked about two truths that we need to know as it relates to being shaped to serve purposely, following the example of Jesus. The first thing that we said was that a servant puts service over status, right? Can everybody say that with me? A servant puts service over status. That means this. We don't have to wait for someone to give us a position in order to serve. We don't have to wait for someone to give us a title in order for us to serve. We don't serve others so that we can get a reward. We, don't, that's not, we do get a reward, but that's not the reason. We don't do it just for that reason. We don't do it just so that everybody can see us. We don't do it just so everybody can know how awesome we are. We don't serve so that we can be glorified. We serve so that who can be glorified? Jesus. Jesus, that's right. So if you're going to be a servant who puts service over status, you do it from a heart of humility, not a heart of pride. You don't do it as you stumble into pride. If you do it just so that other people can see you or just so that you can have a position or a title, if that's your reasons, then you're stepping into pride. You know, that reminds me of the guy at this one church who walked in such humility that they recognized him for it, and they gave him an award, and it was like a gold medal. They gave him this gold medal. Yeah, but then the next week, they had to take it away from him because he actually started wearing it. Let's, put, let's be people who put status, who don't put status over serving. We're going to put service over status. Amen. We're going to walk in humility and not pride. The second thing we said was this, that a servant puts character over comfort. Let's say this together. A servant puts God is interested in the development of our character. He's interested in you growing as a disciple of Jesus. And if you let the Holy Spirit have his way in your life, he will mold your character into the likeness of of Jesus. Sometimes it's not fun. It's not always fun. Sometimes it's not convenient. Sometimes it's not comfortable. But because God is interested in our long-term success, God has a vision for our life, and he's interested in our long-term success, then you know what? Then I can be okay, and I can be good with foregoing or putting off to the side immediate gratification 
immediate happiness, fleeting, temporary kind of happiness, so that I can experience something more eternal, so that I can experience something greater and longer lasting and a fulfilled kind of joy that only comes, that's produced from the Holy Spirit. So that was just a brief recap of what we talked about last week. I want to give you today two more truths about what it looks like to be shaped to serve like Jesus. Here's this one. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you want to be shaped to serve, then you need to know that a servant puts we over me. Can we say this together? Servant puts we over me. We've all heard the saying, well, if you want a job done right, do it yourself right. And I understand where that comes from. But I say, I think it ought to be, is if you really want a job done right, do it with a team. Do it. Find somebody to do it together with you. Some people think, well, you know, this is great. I'm sitting out here, and I'm hearing all the dream team leaders talk about their area of service. And you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to do my own thing. I'll, I'll, I've got things going on in my life, and they're, they're good things. You know, I'll just contribute to the things I've already got going on. I'm not going to join this team. I'll contribute to my charities, and I'll just do this, my own thing. You do your thing. And that sounds nice, but that's not the model of the early church. That's not the model that the Bible gives to us. Uh, in, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 44, it says this. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. Now, that doesn't mean that they all had the same tastes and preferences for everything. It doesn't mean that everybody in the room cried yesterday when Tennessee lost to Missouri like I did. (laughs) I didn't cry. I was just very frustrated. It doesn't mean that everybody in the room likes 90s grunge rock. It didn't mean when it says all the believers were together and had everything in common, it didn't mean that everybody wants to go eat Nashville hot chicken after church today. I just told you a little bit about me. (laughs) That's not what it's saying when it says that they were all had everything in common. What it's saying is, is they, they put themselves together. They put their money together, their time together, their energy together. And then it says this, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They came together. They joined forces to make a difference far greater than any one of them could make on their own. It's true. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go further, let's go together. If you want to go fast, hey, then, yeah, you can go alone. You don't have to worry about anybody else. But if you want to accomplish more and you want to you last longer, we can accomplish more, exponentially more together than any one of us is doing just running around by ourselves. And I just want to tell you how proud I am to be part of this church. I'm proud of Seeds Church. I'm proud of what we have been able to accomplish. We're only six years old, guys. We're only six years old, and we're not a church of thousands. But I am proud of what 
you have done to say yes to Jesus and to say yes to this community and say yes to the mission that God has called to Siege Church in just this short amount of time. I'm proud to see those who have, who have weathered storms, who have linked arms, who have not, had, had said no to the plan of the enemy and said yes to the plan of Jesus. We've been able to do far more together than we have been by running around doing our own thing together or running around separately. We is better than me because it enables us to do things greater. A servant puts we over me. I want to share with you one more truth about being shaped to serve. But before we get into that, I want to share this passage with you in Matthew chapter 25. You guys know that Jesus is coming back. Boys and girls, I want you to look up here. Look up at me right now. You know, Jesus first came to this earth as a baby, right? And then he lived, he grew up, and he lived a sinless life. And he died a selfless death on the cross. And three days later, by God's miraculous power, he was raised from the dead. And then 40 days later, he ascended to heaven. And he's coming back. You know how exciting that is? This is exciting. Jesus is coming back one day. We don't know when, but we need to be ready today, right now. We need to be ready. And here's what Jesus said in Matthew 25, verse 31. He said, when the Son of Man, who's the Son of Man? Jesus. Moms and dads, you could answer a little bit louder with that. Who's the Son of Man? Yes, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you, since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I, Truly I tell you that whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. I think about the people who serve here in Seeds Church week in and week out. I think about a few weeks ago when we had serve day and we were able to serve some of the family and some of our neighbors. I think about a couple Wednesday nights ago when all across the front of the stage were tables packed full, full of items that were donated to pack in these blessing bags. And I think, yes, we were serving people, but we weren't just serving people. We were serving Jesus. That's right. This is worship. When you serve, you are worshiping. You're ascribing worth to Jesus. Moms and dads, we need to be intentional about teaching this to our children. 
We need to be intentional about modeling it for our children. We can't just say, well, do as I say and not do as I do. We have to model it for our kids. We have this responsibility. So what does all this put together to say? The truth is this. The truth is, is that a servant puts worship over wealth. A servant puts worship over wealth. A servant is more concerned about worshiping the Lord than what they can accumulate for themselves. I'm sure that today that Jesus likes our singing. I'm sure. I'm sure that he does. I'm sure that Jesus loves when we come together on these Sundays to worship him and to read from the scriptures and to encourage one another. I'm sure that he loves our Wednesday and our midweek prayer and worship gatherings and when our seeds youth meet together and when our kids worship and and learn about him. I'm sure that God loves our life groups. I'm sure of all of that. But in this passage, Jesus was saying, if you really love me, then love the people that I love. That's worship. That's ascribing worth to God, is loving the people that he loves. If you're a parent in here, especially a parent of multiple children, you can identify with what I'm about to say here. You know, I, I'm a, Jamie and I, we've got three kids. Two of them are grown. One of them still at home with us. And they, they love me. I know that because they tell me and they show me. And they love each other. But when they were a little younger and less mature, and they were immature, there were a lot more fights. <laughs> there was a lot more strife. There was a lot more bickering. And I remember this one particular time that two of them were into it with each other. And it wasn't quite Jerry Springer level just yet. But it was certainly Dr. Phil. (laughs) And I step into this situation. And I said something that caught them off guard. Because, you know, oh, dad's in the room. We're both about to get it. Or you're about to get it because I'm the right one and you're the wrong one. You know, know, all the things that go through kids' heads. You know, they're always, you know, justified in whatever it is that they're doing. But I said something that threw them for the loop. They're fighting with one another. I step in. I said, do you love me? What? It's like you could see, like, the confusion on their face of, like, that's a weird question right now, Dad. I thought you were going to bring justice to the situation. I said, no, do you love me? And they said, well, yeah, Dad, of course we love you. I said, well, if you love me, then love the one that I love. Love your brother because I love your brother. Love your sister because I love your sister. And that's what Jesus was saying right here, right? Last week we read in John chapter 13 where Jesus took the position of the lowest servant in the house to wash the feet of the disciples to demonstrate something powerful here. And right after he does that, 
he says this to his disciples in, in verse 34. He says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus is saying here, you want to worship me? You want to honor me? You want to give glory to me? You want to show me love? Then love and serve others. When you give your money, when you give your time, when you give your sweat, you are showing people that you love me. You're showing people that you belong to me. In 1980, there's this guy named Keith Green. Anybody know who that is? There's a few hands going up. He wrote this song called, Oh, Lord, You're Beautiful. And I love the dots that this song connects for us. There's this, this chorus, one of the choruses, or one of the verses, I should say. It says, Oh, Lord, You're Beautiful. Your face is all I see. When your eyes are upon this child, your grace abounds to me. And then one of the, one of the uh, choruses says this, I want to take your word and shine it all around. But first, help me to just live it, Lord. And when I'm doing well, help me to never seek a crown for my reward is giving glory to you. At first glance, it seems like these are two different songs that are going on here. You've got the beauty and the grace of God. That's wonderful. And then you've got our desire to live out God's plan for our lives with humility. Both things are great, and it seems like they belong in two different songs, but this song shows us that The more that we are shaped to serve, the more we serve those around us, the more that we walk in humility, the more that we put ourselves as the lowest servant in the house, we actually position ourselves to get a better view of the glory, the majesty of God and how amazing he is. One of our core values here at Seeds Church is that we serve purposely, which means that when we do this, We're not just doing it because, well, that's just what Christians are supposed to do. No, we're doing it because we are intentionally connecting to God, just like in this song. And we're not just connecting to God, but we're also connecting to those who we're serving and who we're serving with. And hopefully, prayerfully, that we are helping those who we are serving, we're helping them connect to the Lord. And when we serve, we are positioning ourselves to get a greater revelation of how awesome God is. Listen, I want to invite you to stand up with me. Dream team leaders, if you will go ahead and make your way over to the sunroom as we're getting ready to be dismissed. If you believe what we've talked about today, about being shaped to serve, I'm going to ask you to make a confession with me this morning. I'm going to say this confession. I'm going to say a line at a time, and I'm going to ask you to just repeat it out loud for me. And as you do it, I want you to do it 
not because this is just the the just kind of wrote you know this is what we're all doing right now and so I'm going to just join in and do it because of what we're all doing now I want you to really think about the words we're saying and I want you to put your own meaning and your own heart and fervor and passion behind this confession won't you just repeat this after me because God has called me to serve my generation I will value worship over wealth. We over me. Character over comfort. Service over status. And God's purposes over possessions. His purpose over positions. And over popularity and pleasure. And now to the Lord we say, to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I say however and whenever, wherever and whatever you ask me to do, my answer in advance is yes. Wherever you lead and whatever the cost, I'm ready anytime and anywhere. And I'll look forward to that final day when I'll hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Yes, let's pray. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just thank you. I thank you for your amazing son. I thank you for the son of man, Jesus, who came not to this earth to be served, but to serve. Lord, I pray that you would shape us into his image and likeness, that we would follow his example. I do thank you for this amazing church. Right now, Lord, we just, we would repent of any selfishness that we've had, God. We repent for when we try to make things about ourselves. We ask you to do a heart transplant in us, God. Continually shape us and mold us to serve just like Jesus did. Give us the heart of Jesus. Use us to be a light in the dark world. Help us, help us bring the hope of Jesus to the world around us. Thank you, Lord, so much for how you have blessed us. So now we are saying, Lord, mobilize us to be a blessing to others. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. Prayer team, if you would go ahead and come down front without the, with the exception of, of Holly, she's going to stay there. But uh, other prayer team, come down front. If you have a need for prayer of anything in your life today, we're going to ask you as we're getting ready to, we're, we're not really full on dismissing, but we're getting into transition here into the Dream Team Rally. Hang on just a second with me, everybody. If you need prayer for anything, I want you to come down forward, come down front. Um, the Dream Team members are going to be over here in the sunroom to speak with you. And listen, as they were speaking just a moment ago, if there was any kind of just twinge, that was the Holy Spirit sparking your interest. By you going over, and don't be afraid, by you going over and talking to one of the leaders does not sign you up for life, Okay? What it is is you taking a step of obedience to explore, is God in this? And here's what I want you to do. Don't not do it. They're like, well, we got to, the beans are on the stove. We got to get home. The beans will wait. 
We're talking about eternal things here, right? I love the story that Scott told about Lisa, who made an eternal difference in his life. And not only did it make an eternal difference in his life, it changed the trajectory of his family tree. It really did. And I know there's dozens of us in here who have the same story. We have other Lisas in our lives. So go talk with one of our dream team leaders. If you do have kids, we're going to ask that you go pick your kids up. And then if you're staying for DNA today, hang out. You can, you can talk to dream team leaders. You can visit. But hang around here. And then in a few minutes, we're going to let people talk to the dream team leaders. And then we will call you when we're getting ready to start DNA. All right. Can I pray a blessing over you? This is from 1 Peter chapter 4. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever serves as one who serves by strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. And everybody said amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.